0: Hello and welcome to the From the Field podcast, a series that takes you inside the Australian cotton industry. I'm Darren Davies and this is Season 1, Episode 5. On the program today, throughout Season 1 of the podcast, you've heard from people right across the Australian cotton industry. We've been up north to Emerald and Central Queensland, out west to Warren in New South Wales and down south to Collie Amberley. We've heard from growers and agronomists, we've discovered what life is like in cotton communities, how women are impacting the cotton industry, why mental health and well-being is being prioritised among farmers and what growers are doing to ensure rivers remain healthy. In this final episode of Season 1, we're going to meet Nigel Burnett. Nigel is a cotton grower from Queensland and is also the chair of Cotton Australia's board. His role is to lead the overall strategic direction of the industry for the peak body. To do that, he brings to the table his years of knowledge and understanding as a multi-generational cotton farmer. Nigel Burnett, tell us us who you are. I mean, for people in the cities who are listening to this, uh, they they may have heard the Burnett name, but can you tell us a little bit about who Nigel Burnett is? Where were you born? How did you start out uh, in agriculture?
1: Thanks, Darren. I was uh, actually born in Claremont, an hour north of Emerald, and came off a cattle property there. And uh, in the early 80s, my parents drew um, one of the irrigation blocks off the Fairburn Irrigation Scheme, and we moved down here to, to take on 200 hectares of um, of cattle country that they eventually uh, developed into irrigation country off that scheme. We lived underneath a tree in a caravan with four children, a, uh, two brothers and a sister, and we grew up in this local community. We all went to school here. Um, and we really got a sense of, I guess, what is... really strong community but also a strong cotton community like um, I guess we've had we're able to witness I guess the strength of the of the cotton industry and and just how how important that is to it it has almost created the glue for Emerald over those years so um, from there we I moved down to uh, Armidale and did a Bachelor of Rural Science um, at Armidale and I thought I was going to get into cotton marketing but I came back and um, worked for my father for a couple of years and then after that, I decided it was it was time that I might be able to lease a bit of country. So I pursued that, and in, during that same period, I, I married my wife Beth as well, and uh, that was in 2004. And th- so from that time through till now, we've we've built cotton properties and and uh, leased more country and purchased more country as well. And at the moment, we presently employ six people uh, from the local community in Emerald, um, and we grow we. We grow irrigated cotton and dryland cotton, but as well as that, we grow chickpea and wheat and beef cattle as well but uh, certainly our priority in terms of our business is cotton farming and um yeah it 's been really good to us over the last you know twenty years
0: you 've just told an incredible story over the space of two minutes so i 'm going to go <laughs> back living living in a caravan. Can you take us through that Why, How did that happen, and what was it like
1: yeah that 's right dan we 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 lived in a caravan for the first eighteen months and it was underneath a brigolo tree uh, on the edge of the property and we had no power. Um, we had to cross, you know, there's no bridges across the irrigation channel. We had to go a long way around to get there and a lot of times it would be bogged. Uh, from you know, Through that period, it was a really wet period, so it was difficult. Um, I remember being bathed in a tub, heated with water off a fire and my mother cooking off a wood fire stove, so... Uh, it didn't take too long. My sister came along about eighteen months after we moved to the property, and I think my parents decided that uh, with four kids, the fourth on the way, that it was decided to they decided to build a house, or they actually moved into a shed and then into a house after that. So um, yeah, look, it was tough going, and but I, certainly character building, and it gave us a real understanding of just what it takes to uh, you know start um, the pioneering of these cotton areas and just. You know how tough it is. Like you know, it really was tough on these families. So.
0: I think that's a that, that's a revelation to a lot of people. I mean, as you know, there's a certain element of um, of society that has a view about cotton farmers, and it's not that. And um, I share as part of that journey because I uh, was raised in a caravan for probably six years. So I and had the had the um, the water boiled through the copper. So um, so I kind of accord with you on that. They certainly would have been trying times, but I would imagine there would have been a lot of fun involved too at that age.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. A lot of our time was spent helping our parents. You know, I remember being throwing siphons out and starting siphons, but um, just that upbringing, you know, like I said, it was character building, made me the person that I am today. And I remember plenty of times in the irrigation channels, playing in the mud and getting home. I guess we probably looked pretty feral once we got home covered in mud and, and uh Drenched fully, but um, yeah, that was a really important part of my life, and something that I wouldn't change. Really, was it? It was good. We rode motorbikes on the farm, horses, and and um, you know, chasing cattle at different times as well. So. It was uh, yeah, like I said, an important part of my life. But.
0: Yeah, and something that I would imagine that people listening in the city right now would think sounds absolutely wonderful as I do. Look, can you take us how how you made the decision to to uh, head to Armadale and study? Were, were there other options? Were you thinking about other other paths for you, or, or were you determined that that was where you were going to go?
1: Darren, I wouldn't mind reflecting on what you just said before about um, you know the way you way people understand the cotton industry. But, you know the way you know they got certain and I about um a lot's changed in that time from when i was a kid till now but a lot hasn't changed either that hard work um that you know there would be most cotton farmers out there would work 12 hour days you know six to seven days a week and their employees that you know they plug in on that sort of program as well um you know it's a for me, like it, it, it's changed a lot, but it hasn't changed a whole lot as well. And people, These people work really hard. They don't live flash existences. They don't live at the Gold Coast or, or different, different other places like that. It, it, they, they're on their farms working hard, working for their families and, and working for the communities as well.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. And, and as you were growing, uh, growing up as a youngster and you're working with your family, I'd imagine it would have been hard work. Um, obviously, hard work never fazed you. Oh
1: no! I think you know that was a really good grounding for building a, a really strong work ethic, and I think we've seen that um, you know over the years from when I, from I did leave school and through uni, and and then to move back here and start leasing these farms and and building farms. It takes a lot of hard work, you know, application, and um, I guess commitment to um, commitment from at the staff we employ, but commitment to them as well and their families, and and uh, you know that we I have a deep sense of connection between ourselves and our, and our staff and all the way back through to our community, the, the people that support us. We really want to support them as well.
0: Yeah. Just taking a step back, though, with with uni, you were focused a little bit on marketing at that point. Is that because you understand the broader concepts of um, sales, marketing, how to promote something? Is, is that why you might have been drawn in the early days to that?
1: When I went to uni, I, I did um, study basically in agronomic science and uh, I guess the marketing side was more around just diversifying my um, skill set and to make sure that I eventually knew that I was going to come back and do some sort of um, farming or cotton growing. So it really was around trying to just build that experience, Darren.
0: At that point, you uh, you were at uni and you thought, OK, I'm I'm heading home. Were you drawn to come home uh, because of the connection to community and family or was there something else motivating you at that point?
1: At the time, I thought that I initially didn't know that I was going to come back and and I guess, uh, grow cotton and, and be a cotton grower. But, um, you know, look, I've always been interested in ag. I was interested in cattle at the time as well. And, and um, I was definitely drawn back here. I uh, certainly have a deep sense of um, community connection with Emerald growing up here and have a lot of friends here as well. It's a it's a uh, resources um, town as well. There's coal mines, you know, right next door to our cotton farms, I guess. But um, well, I've, we've got you know, friendships that span across industries and and uh, friendships that have been built, you know, on being involved with community activities like football and, um, you know, it, I guess there's a local one that's that we participate in most years. It's, it's called uh, the Sunflower Festival and, you know, cotton puts together it puts together a, a truck. I've built a truck up and, and we put cotton on the back of it and people sit on the back of it and people throw roll, lollies out to kids over the Easter period. Just to celebrate Easter and, and to make a you know a bit of a deal around um, that community. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny that you mentioned community because as chair of Cotton Australia, you've obviously got a great vantage point over all aspects of the industry. But <clears throat> you seem to be someone who is very strongly connected to the Emerald uh, community. There um, is that something that you find is is common with cotton farmers and their connection to their own communities.
1: That's right, Darren. I think. Um yeah i mean look we live in these communities our kids go to school there um there's a real sense that you know cotton communities are built um across our industry you know like a, like a, all of my friends you know a lot of our friends are within cotton but also extends across um you know other areas of our community as well and i think um you know it, it comes a lot from that togetherness and that connection that we receive we go to our cotton girls association meetings but it extends a lot our kids play cricket together and, and football as well so I go to local park run um, down here and a lot of our cotton farming part of the community goes to that as well and and but as well as that we sort of we're able to connect with people that we normally wouldn't connect with through park run. so we found that um, it's really positive in the last three years I think I've locked up about 76 park runs now and and done a few volunteers there as well and um, it's an important part of our week we try and commit to.
0: It, it seems that sport is is common with just about every conversation I've had with a farmer. Sport is very central. Uh, is that part of the fit and healthy lifestyle or is it part of that desire to be um, part of the community or is it both?
1: I think it's that connection to community and as well as that, um, you know, initially I'd, people work really hard on their farms and, and, and now there's a lot of the technology means that that, that physical labour is not there, Darren. So uh, it's an outlet to make sure that I guess we keep a physical physically fit but also um it's so good for our mental well-being as well we found our local cotton growers association about three or four years ago um had you know we started the fit farmers challenge and what it was people scanned in i did a full body scan and and we ran a six-week challenge and we scanned out at the end of it and we were able to exercise as much as you want it was it was around just building a connection i guess and a common goal and seeing how people could go and I just loved it. And, and up until that stage, I'd you know, working pretty hard on the farm and, and that was my main focus. But I found that since then it's – it's we really – I really have tried to make sure there's that outlet, like I said, I've talked about park run, but also um, some sort of connection with the gym or um, just to make sure it, – what it's done for me is just that mental wellbeing. It's that outlet where I can just hang up the – you know, hang up what we're doing on the farm from day to day and just, and just get out and burn a bit of energy off.
0: Darren Davies here just taking a quick break from the podcast to let you know how easy it is to discover more about the Australian cotton industry today. For farmer stories, interactive video quizzes, fascinating case studies and key industry information, head to cottonaustralia.com.au or search for Cotton Australia on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. Now though, it's back to the episode. I've been talking to uh, Joe Briggs, who I'm sure you're aware of, and um, he has um, has a particular interest in uh, mental health for farmers, and is behind um, some very important initiatives in his region. Uh, mental health is a is an area for uh, for farmers, isn't it? Those farmers who have gone through some really tough times and really um, uh, need that connection with uh, with their community and their fellow growers. Would that be true?
1: That's right. You know, it, there's the there's a chance that when you go through those tough times i can think of droughts and floods that we've been through tough periods where you can get isolated and it's that connection like you said with that that common theme or that time to get together and spend time talking to people people really need that you know like they really need to have that connection it makes you a, a better human being i think and um, yeah it just gives you a bit of an outlet so it's something that i think is promoted within within cotton within the cotton industry and cotton communities and um Certainly a lot of my friends are geared that way, they, they get together, spend a lot of time at cricket or at the football or at park run and it really is just a good time to get together and spend time with their families as well, like it, yeah, it really is a good connection.
0: With you, you're a little bit different in that you haven't, you haven't um, simply uh, been born into a cotton family and taken over the family farm, you've done things on your own, uh, with, with Beth of course. Um, can you take us? Was that a, was that a crucial decision? Was that a bit of a fork in the road for you? Yeah. Look, we decided that um, I had
1: worked for a couple of years from my, from my parents, but I decided that I really I had enough drive and um, I really felt like I wanted to do something on my own. So we started leasing properties, and um, you know we bought our own gear and and built up our you know I guess built up our area over time. You know, over the last eighteen nineteen years and. It's been important to me because, you know, i like, I witnessed my parents do it. I guess they, they set, set the bar pretty high on, on how to develop country and how to v- develop a business and yeah, it's something, that, something that's translated to me and um, hopefully it's something that my kids see as well, you know, like um, the work we put into it and, and we get some sort of, gen- you know, that's, that generational um, transfer and, and drive to be part of something important like the cotton industry.
0: You've mentioned drive a couple of times and motivation, and I know that you've got both in spades. Why did you end up, um, you know, uh, having this very important role uh, in Cotton Australia? Obviously, your colleagues have viewed that you are the excellent person for the job. But did you did you seek that involvement initially, or how did that come about?
1: It took time, Darren. I was, um, yeah, I remember back when I first started working for for my dad, uh, we you know i used to he used to take us along to um the cotton grow association meetings and i i wasn't that interested i didn't really understand how important they were about about around that connection but also um i guess working on behalf of these local areas through to the national indus- national cotton industry so um i was able to witness that my dad had done a lot of leadership within ag um as well so you know i was really fortunate to see that growing up as well but it took me time um, and I took on, actually went to one of the first, it was the very first Future Cotton Leaders program that the cotton industry put together called yeah, Future Cotton Leaders and it was a springboard for me, Darren. It, it was a bit of a light bulb moment and I realised, um, you know, that how important networking was and, and how important representation was for our industry. You know, you hear that old old saying, if you're not at the table, then you're probably, you're probably on the menu, so... Um, it's important to be part of these conversations and um, yeah, over time I guess I was able to build confidence but also build confidence of of people around me in, in my ability to be able to lead and um, yeah, I was fortunate to be able to take on a position with the Cotton Australia board as a director four years ago after doing plenty of other roles through the industry but um, I guess we hit that pinnacle and we actually got to position, we were able to influence and, and lead the industry and, and uh yeah, spent the last three years as deputy chair as well, but that and in, in August last year took on the chair role. And look, it's been really exciting for me. The the level of commitment and work um, has opened my eyes up a little bit. But it it's it's really it's been really rewarding as well. Oh, it just you know, it has been really rewarding to see. Um, you know, just from that level to look back across the industry and see how it how it functions and how important it is to our communities. Um, you know with a lot of these cotton communities if the, if cotton wasn't involved there like they would be half as big or as or nowhere near as big as what they are. what I've seen is that when um when cotton's strong when when our farmers have big crops of cotton, those communities are strong uh as well you know like they are performing they're just heaving because um the economic activity the people that are drawn to the the big crops of cotton that need to be ginned and carted and, and grown like that that just makes those communities you know, perform and, and thrive.
0: One of the areas that I, I think people would want to ask is, with your uh, depth of experience, how do you see your ability to set the strategic direction for Cotton Australia as, uh, as chair? Do you see there are plenty of opportunities there?
1: Look, I think my, my depth of experience is important. You know, like I'm one of, I guess, 90% of family owned um, family-grown cotton farms around Australia, which is important to me. But I guess that experience has given me a um, experience through not just just not just as a grower, but also through on the Cotton Australia board. I've had a lot of opportunities to um, go travel overseas and and witness just how how important the Australian cotton industry is on the global stage, and just how highly it is held in terms of sustainable sustainability and environmental stewardship. Um, you know. I guess domestically, sometimes we can be uh, run down about, around our environmental performance, which I, I think is unwarranted, particularly when you see just how, how, how highly the rest of the world holds the Australian cotton industry.
0: What do you see as the opportunities? I mean, you, you've got a global perspective too. Um, do you see that there, are, uh, that there is a lot of potential for the, the reputation we already have to be expanded to different, uh, different markets?
1: Yeah, I think I mean uh, the sustainability story um, is really taking hold. You know, we've got brands and retailers demanding a sustainable supply chain, and and what it means for cotton is that um, you know we've got a sustain like a sustainable product there that is fully biodegradable. It's not it's not like uh, I guess this synthetic plastic where that people this is the alternative to cotton. This is you know, natural fiber. It's something that um, something that we should be promoting really strongly. So that I think that's one of the opportunities.
0: And what do you see uh, is the immediate future for cotton in this country? What, what are your um, What are your objectives and the objectives of Cotton Australia for the next 12 months?
1: Our industry, it just stands, I guess, really highly on that world stage. I guess the, the uptake of technology has been important on farm, but when you compare it to the way cotton's produced in a lot of other countries. Um, yeah you know, the level of technology ninety nine percent of the Australian crops picked by rammbo cotton pickers at the moment some countries still pick it by hand or or the old basket pickers as well so um, and I think we have a leading role in the use of data and and um, we'll use that to create efficiencies in water use efficiency and and fertilizer and nitrogen use efficiency efficiency as well so
0: the people who might be listening to this in, in our major cities uh, may have a general interest in cotton but may not know much about it. If they scan the media, they'll probably find some negativity out there. What, what's your advice to somebody who has a genuine interest in cotton um, from the city? What would your advice be?
1: My advice would be to um, yeah, contact a cotton grower or a cotton farmer and, and, and start a, a conversation with them. And um, what we found is that, I guess, once people um, understand and get an opportunity to talk to their farms and sometimes they get an opportunity to get on the farm and uh, they really see just how just how well our growers grow their crops and how responsibly responsible they are in terms of the way they run their production systems um but yeah look if we could get more people on the farms i would love to see that because i mean that's first-hand experience and they can see the depth of investment i guess on behalf of by the growers um you know in that environmental stewardship space but um there's a story about that that I've got for you actually. It, um, my daughter made friends with a little girl who moved up with her from the Gold Coast to Emerald a few years ago and um, her parents, parents were both teachers, so they were spending time uh, out at Emerald. And, um, yeah, we made friends with that family and, and we asked them to come out on the farm. So they'd never they'd never been on a farm before. and we, They came out at cotton picking time and and uh, they were just blown away. They just couldn't believe um, just what a good experience that was. They spent time on a cotton picker. they their kids were all over the round bales and we you know it was actually australia day as well and we took some photos of the kids waving australia Day flags and and um some cracking shots there but so that family's moved back to the gold coast now and you know what's important for me um i guess as chair of cotton australia is that that they're going to take that experience back to the gold coast with them and tell their friends and family that positive experience and i mean we can talk all we want around um around what we do but it's, it's when other people experience that and witness that on our farms, that is just absolute gold, I think. And it, it tells the true story. It tells a story around, I guess, the modern industry for me and, and what, what it's really like, and unlike the perceptions that have, have been held for the last 20 or 40 years, I guess. And, you know, I think those, those perceptions are, are incorrect.
0: Nigel, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and I, and I do appreciate the time because I know how busy you are. So that's all for this episode of From the Field. Thanks to our guest Nigel Burnett and thanks for your company on the podcast today. For more stories and information on the Australian cotton industry, visit cottonaustralia.com.au or head to Cotton Australia's social media channels. To hear other episodes of the podcast, just search for From the Field and don't forget to leave a review because that'll help us get the word out about this series. This episode has been produced by Robert Virtue for Cotton Australia. I'm Darren Davies. We'll talk to you soon.